0: Good evening, everyone. Friends, from our first reading the book of Ezekiel, the prophet uh, is putting forward something extremely curious about, um, well about us, but, but also about God and how he sees things. Uh, now, we always take the totality of all the scriptures together uh, to understand everything. I mean, so we look at the Old Testament, of course, but we look at the New Testament and uh, place it up against it and say, how do we uh, to understand this? Uh, because uh, there's an implication that the prophet is making uh, about us and our ways and about how God sees it and what his intent will be. Um, St. Paul is having an issue in one of the churches, and uh, that's what we hear the reading, and when you study it, you understand he's having a problem, or he's not having the problem, the people are having a problem about being united. That's why he says, I need you to be of one mind and heart. It doesn't mean they have to agree on everything, but they had to have some unity with each other. And to do so peacefully, um, you're going to have to work on a homily for that for the coming November time, huh? (laughs) You know, getting people together and um, being united, you don't have to all agree. But uh, Paul is telling them, no, you don't have to act like that either. Um, And eventually he would say, look at Christ himself, look what he did for all of us, and remember that, and be united behind that. When uh, he said, "Be united." Uh, he would eventually go on to say, "Be united as the Father is with the Son, and the Spirit." And ends uh, in the parable t- uh, today. Uh, Jesus addresses what we know as hypocrisy, and uh, of the human heart. And he goes after the folks who say one thing but do another, uh, or they have. Words and actions that are not united, and um, although the Lord addresses this parable to the Pharisees and scribes, those uh, folks remember were very precise about the law of Moses, and uh, but in their daily lives they didn't really apply it, and uh, in particularly, in particularly around mercy and compassion, uh, the Pharisees and scribes were severely deficit in that. Um, But this parable was for people of all time. The Lord compared the Pharisees and scribes to uh, the second son in the parable who said yes to his father, uh, but did not do anything. He just lip service. And their words uh, said yes, but their lives said no. Then we hear about what were the notorious sinners of the day of Jesus, the tax collectors and prostitutes. Uh, their lives spoke against God's will. And, uh, but we are told that they went to John the baptizer, heard his call for repentance, and then they changed their lives. And they followed Jesus because John told them to. Initially, they said no to God by their ways, by the way they were living, right? Um, Perhaps, um, you know, they even flaunted the fact that, well, we'll do as we please. But they changed their mind, and they would embrace what we would know as kingdom life. They changed their ways. And like the first son, they ended up uh, doing the Lord's will. Looking at the parable, we apply it to ourselves then. So, as we do, how... Do we actually live our lives? How does it show that we believe that Jesus is Lord? One's actions more truly than words show what one believes and what one is faithful to. A person might be able to speak perfect, orthodox faith, but their lives, if you watch it, well, you kind of look like an atheist. I know you said one thing, but your actual life kind of resembles the atheist body I have. See? The best evidence of what we believe is how we live. For example, spouses show love not by just their words, but by their actions. Friends show their loyalty not by words, but by being present in good times and in bad for their friends. Second in all of us, my friends, there is a gap between what we profess and how we live. I speak that most confidently, and I put that mirror up to my own life. Folks can say Jesus is Lord very easily, but is he really? Is Jesus really Lord of your life? Is He Lord over your work when you're there? Over your social life? Is He Lord then too? Is He Lord of your private life when no one can see anything? That is what conversion of life is all about. That is what Paul the Baptizer demanded. Show, he said, show me. That you have converted. A disciple embraces the Lord's way in all aspects of their lives. Third, the parable of the father and his two sons is a parable of great consolation and of great challenge. The example of the first son who um, said no but went and did the father's will teaches us that a person's initial no can change to a yes. And uh, sometimes it's for different reasons uh, and at different times that people will distance themselves from Christ or from his church. And uh, then at some point in their lives they discover, wait a minute, this isn't going right. This is wrong. And gradually find themselves doing the Lord's will in their life as easily as breathing air. That no has become A yes. The more challenging aspects of the parable for us today is that many find themselves going through the motions, and I'll apply it to us Christians, going through the motions of prayer and performing the traditions of the faith, but the substance of their obedience and the true conversion of life is simply not present. One's yes has become a no. That person finds themselves going through all the motions, having no real substance. Living faith should shape everything that a disciple does. As it is, many folks make commitments to the Lord, and I, we especially see this uh, around the, uh, our high holy times of Advent and Christmas and Lent and Easter and uh, all kinds of commitments made. And then when the time comes, there's the litany of excuses for not doing it. Or delaying it. I'll get to it at, at Easter. That yes. Becomes a no. That acting, not choosing amounts to a person. Straddling the fence as we used to say. Having one foot on one side and one foot on the other. And the truth of the matter is they belong to none. Other, neither. They attempt to live in two worlds and you can't do it. The problem with that is they have their foot in one world, one in the other, and they actually have no alliance to either. As it is, we can all describe all the various challenges and problems of our world in detail. Brokenness and disappointment and challenges. Sin is very alive and very well in the world. But what do we do in the face of such things? Do we endorse it? Do we amplify it by our own actions? Do we continue it? Do we pass it on? Or do we oppose it and contradict it? As his disciples, do we take the cues for our life from the life of the world around us or from the Lord of life as we profess? Do we allow the world and its ways to turn our yes into a no? Is our yes to Christ becoming a no in our very life? How we live, really. And it's a challenge and haunting question posed by this parable for each one of us. And my friends, with all due respect and sincerity, it seems apparently that our Lord prefers a sinner who is on the path to conversion over that Sunday Christian who ignores the Lord on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Hmm. The, the very curious thing about Ezekiel. I have to be very careful because it's Old Testament, but it's the prophet, and I think about St. James the Apostle, but uh, what Ezekiel is saying is uh, you can have lived a life of great holiness, did lots of good things, and then here he is, you turn 45 and now you're mean and horrible and you don't believe in God, and then you die. And Ezekiel says, guess what? Guess where you're not going? Dang it. All those years. Now, St. James, when you read St. James, he has a little bit of a different take on things. But that's the challenge. The consolation is Christians don't like this, but that person who didn't know the Lord, didn't understand the Lord, or maybe understood but was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do what I want when I want when I want to do that. Mom and dads, do you ever hear that? (laughs) When the kids? (laughs) I'll do what I want when I want and how I want. People do that to God. I'll do it as I please. And then they ask for forgiveness. Same thing. Oh, 45, and oh, I lived a life. Oh, mercy. Oh, the things prostitution. Oh, the, oh, oh. but now I found the Lord. And then they die. St. Peter is like, come on in. <laughs> See? I present it with humor because I know you'll remember. But that's what Ezekiel's saying. That's what Ezekiel's telling us. Now, uh, one of the prophets says, For God, past, present, and future are but one, they're all the same to him. But that's another homily, right? My friends, as I said, we will never be careless in what we do. And we will work within all the guidelines given. But I work for God. (laughs) I enforce His rules and policies. And uh, my friends, uh, if you don't know this, uh, pastors uh, can sometimes drive their staff and their volunteers crazy. Uh, So, knowing that I'm going to be away for a couple weeks, I want my staff to know how much I love you and appreciate you and all that you do, all the volunteers. uh, You're greatly appreciated The ambassadors who have um, so selfishly given their time to make sure that everyone remains safe when they come in here i appreciate you and all the work that you've done and i know i make you crazy sometimes uh but i love you too amen